Hey guys, so welcome to the Conservative Voice Show. We are here at Doomsday Plus One, the day after the election, and really we don't really know where the heck we're at. The election is currently hanging in kind of like a limbo status as we wait on the final swing states to tally their votes and let us know what the results are. So that is where we will start today, and then we'll go on through there. Everything that happened last night, um, the violence that's out, that's erupting across that we're seeing, and then just the overall state of things as of today. So with that being said, right now, right before we started recording, I, I read that they were breaking that Wisconsin was won by Joe Biden. It was a narrow margin here in one second. I'll let you know exactly how narrow that was. But that means that, unfortunately, Wisconsin has closed, at least for right now, for the president. So that leaves us with Nevada, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, Alaska, and I'm going to throw in Arizona. So and we'll go over why I say I'm going to throw in Arizona here in a few minutes. But this race is incredibly close. And I can't remember since I got into politics a race that has been this close before. It is when you're talking about a, a only a three million or so million vote split between Joe Biden and President Trump, and that's nationally. Three million people split in the popular vote. That is incredibly close. That is very, very close. With the swing states being even closer. So things are starting to narrow for the president and we're starting to see certain doors start to close on his path to victory. But ultimately, and we'll get into it, it's going to come down to these remaining states and how they end up closing their accounts. All right, so before we go any further, let's just take a minute. We're gonna come in here and we're just gonna take a look at the votes. So we'll start in Nevada. Nevada, there were six electoral votes and it's currently reporting 67%. Biden is up 49.2% to Trump's 48.6%. To give you an idea, that's about, that's a little under 7,000 vote difference. So, 7,000 votes in Nevada. Like I said, Wisconsin, which was incredibly close. Joe Biden won 49.6 to the president's 48.9, which ended up being about a 21,000 vote difference. Michigan, currently sitting at 96% reported. Looks like the vice president may take that. Joe Biden at 49.5%. The president currently at 48, 48.9%. And that looks about just under a 100,000 vote difference in Michigan. Pennsylvania, Donald Trump is currently still up at 53.2% for the president, 45.6% for Joe Biden. And that spread's looking to be about 500,000 or so in favor of Donald Trump. North Carolina looking at 94% reported. The president up about 2% there, looking at about just shy of 100,000 votes. Georgia is a, the president is up 50.2% to Joe Biden's 58, sorry, 48.6%. And that's really close, only about an 80,000 vote difference. And I'm just going to swing on over here to Arizona. So, and we'll get into it here in a few minutes. Arizona was prematurely called by Fox News as a Joe Biden win. Currently, as of right now, still only 84% has reported. Has Joe Biden up 51%, to Donald Trump's 47%, but 
but that's only looking at just about an 80,000 vote difference. And so I throw that in there because I'm not sure I'm ready to shut the door on Arizona yet that like most definitely Biden took it, but Fox News has, and so that's where we stand with that. Alaska is looking at about 45% uh, reported, but the president is currently blowing Joe Biden out of the water. I see Alaska being a strong win for the president, giving him those three electoral votes from there. So the majority of the, of the states yesterday of the course of the evening when it's planned. Um, with Biden taking the majority of the Democratic states, except for he did lose a district in Maine, the second district in Maine, did vote for Republican. And as we all know, Nebraska and Maine have split districts. So the president will pick up an electoral vote out of Maine as well. And Trump taking the majority of the states that he won last election. So, as we just saw, we went over Nevada, Michigan, was no longer Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia. These states are still a toss, in my opinion. And so, we saw that Trump is currently leading Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia, while Biden's leading in Michigan, Nevada. The problem is, and a huge problem for the American people, is that it has seemed that the counting has essentially stopped. I know that since I woke up this morning at about four o'clock, the amount of votes counted in Arizona has not moved. Same with Pennsylvania. It looks like the votes, voting percentage in Pennsylvania, the counted vote has not moved. Georgia barely moved. So for whatever reason, the process of counting these votes has almost come to a crawl. And that's a huge, huge issue. Further, the media has labeled Arizona is a win for Biden, even though, like I said, it's only 84% of the way done. And from a article written by the Arizona, I believe it's the Arizona Inquirer, it said that that leaves about 400,000 votes still out there. This is incredibly important when Trump is only behind some like 80,000 votes. So when you figure that you have a media outlet, even though it's Fox and I read a lot of Fox, I support Fox that was wrong on them. And they preemptively called the president or the state for Joe Biden when they're still over almost looking at at least double, if not triple the amount of votes left than what Biden's lead is in Arizona. So this causes some serious issues with our election. So one, the longer that it takes votes to be counted, the less I guess you could say less faith that the American people are going to have in the election. Second, and a place in all those votes and all the millions are already counted, then that should mean that there should only be in-person voting left to be counted. So this means that states that still have not closed their results yet should still be counting, but they're not. First, it's embarrassing to our democracy that we cannot tally our own votes in a reasonable amount of time. You're looking at coming up on almost 24 hours from the day that the polls closed, and we still don't. We still have states that Alaska, 45% of their vote not tallied. Arizona, 84% of their vote not tallied. Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, all of these states that are key states in this election still have not counted their votes. And second, for the Democrats, it gives Trump an even more of a reason 
to challenge the validity of the election. So if the Democrats were worried about if the Democrats were worried about Trump contesting the election, this is giving him fuel for that fire to contest the election. When you're talking about states like Nevada that are in, within 8,000 votes of each other, so to put that in perspective, that is less than one city. Hell, that is less than one town in some rural areas of America that the vote in Nevada is going to come down to. 8,000 votes. That is it. That is the lead that Joe Biden currently holds. Less than a rural town in America's population. Yet we cannot seem to get a complete tally of the votes almost a day after the elections closed. So this leads me onto the next topic, which is the media and the polls. What in the hell happened with the polls this year? Like, are you kidding me? Like you're talking about a 10 point difference in some states regarding poll data that should not. So when you're talking about 10 point difference in some states regarding the poll data, there are some states that, and the general election polls that have Biden completely blowing them out of the water. It leads you to wonder how much of the polls are legitimately polled people and how much of them people just based on their biases that people dislike Trump and say, oh, well, I polled 20 people. They all said they hated Trump. So Biden's up, must be up a huge amount here. You had polls like The Economist that had Trump up 10 points. I'm sorry, you had polls like The Economist that had Biden up 10 days before the election. NBC had Biden up seven days before the election. Quinnipiac had Biden up 11 day points two days before the election. NBC had Biden up 10 points before the election. For example, in Florida, there was a six point difference in what NBC polled the day prior to the election than to the actual results on election day. The day prior to the election, NBC had Biden up three points. Trump ended up walking away with Florida up three points. That is a six point difference and a clear victory for the president. And that is absolutely astronomical. Like it is incredible to think how disastrous the polls have been. And I'd even go as far as to say that the polls this year definitely influenced this year's election. When you're talking about people seeing that Biden is up 10 points in some states, 10 points in some states, that's going to sway a lot of voters not to go out and vote for Trump because they simply don't believe that they can sway the vote. So to hear the media talk about, about even the popular vote, that is going to be a complete blowout by Biden and that the blue wave is going to take over and Biden was going to walk the board is not, is not true, is absolutely a lie. And as of right now, Trump is only down a little less than 3 million in the popular vote. This is not a smoke out, which they, the media predicted it would be. This is not some blowout that the polls predicted it would be. And it's very, very common in very tight races that Republican candidates are down a few million in the popular vote. And that's just the way it is. That's why we have an electoral college. Otherwise, California and New York would be deciding every single election. And so 
looking at some of the swing states even, pollsters in the news have been saying that for weeks that Biden was going to easily walk through them. Like I said earlier, we have swing states that are well within one city size of a difference. And so them saying all those polls, like I said, were just 100% not factual. And it makes you wonder, like I said, where the pollsters are getting their data. Who are they polling? And it would also support something that a lot of us have been saying for a long time, that there is a shy Trump Trump vote and that people don't want to tell people who they're voting for, A, and especially if they're a Trump supporter. The media, the left, the radical left completely bastardizes Trump voters. And so you're telling me that I walk outside of a poll and they ask, they ask me who I voted for, that I'm really going to tell them in the middle of New York City that I voted for Donald Trump. That's, that's just not a reality that we're going to see. So this sets up a huge problem for America, but this is exactly what the media wants, I think. Like, this is truly what I think their like, agenda and their goal is. They want this chaos, they want this confusion, so it forces Trump to litigate the election inside the court system. Then when it is found out that he actually won the election, the left and the media will say that he stole the election because of the court and that his nominations to the Supreme Court were strictly to support him knowing that he was going to lose during the elections. Like if they would just count the votes, stop prolonging it and get the American people the results, everything that is so suspicious, we wouldn't have this issue that we're currently in. So earlier reports today came in that the president said that he was going to take the election to the court. And quite frankly, I can't blame him. I said early on, very, very early for weeks now that if he blatantly loses the election, he needs to concede. There needs to be a peaceful transition of power and that he needs to respect it. And that is the American system that when one party's in power, the American people vote. If they don't like that party in power, they're voted out. The party, the new party in power comes in. But how can you do that when you have crucial, crucial states in the election that were called way too early in favor of Biden? We saw that even though Virginia, Virginia ended up going to Biden, it was called incredibly early. Arizona, 84% of that vote is, is all that we have. There's still 16% still outstanding in Arizona where it could go either way. In some swing states, Kevin has paused and we're not getting any updates. Like I said, there are some states, Arizona, Pennsylvania, some in Michigan, that we have not seen updates since for hours, since I've been awake today. There's also reports from some right-wing media outlets, the large amount of Biden mail-in votes were found lying around after Trump commanded a huge lead in Pennsylvania to start with. In a report from CNN written by Frederica Scoton, she says about 50% of Pennsylvania's mail-in ballots have been counted. So that that means that there's still 50% left to be counted, which could be indicative, A, that Biden is about to walk through Pennsylvania, or it means that he's not going to walk through Pennsylvania because there's just not that many votes left to count and then that 50% is somewhere under the threshold 100,000 or so difference that there is between him and the president or yeah between the president and Joe Biden so how much of those mail-in votings show up for Don, or for 
for, well, for Donald Trump or for Joe Biden is going to be the deciding factor of Philadelphia's election. And so all of these reasons are very, very good reasons that Trump has when he's speaking about the potential litigation of the election. Everything that is going on right now, in my mind, rises to the suspicion that something funky is going on. Like, I get that there's mail-in ballots, and we'll get into it just a few, here in a few seconds. But just because there's mail-in ballots does not mean that it should take you days and days to do it. Like, it's absolutely incredible. Ignore me, I went to Firehouse early and I'm thirsty. All right, so to understand why mail-in ballots and in-person balloting is so important, and you hear like the Trump campaign talking about it, especially in states like Arizona and Philadelphia and a lot of these swing states, is because in the majority of states, absentee and mail-in ballots are counted first. So that with them being counted first and the population of or the demographic of people who normally do mail-in voting, traditionally Democrats, it is very, very often, like you saw in Arizona, that you're gonna have this huge wave of blue votes. Well, it's because you've only voted, or you've only counted mail-in voting. While a majority of Trump voters and Republicans prefer to vote in person. And that's why you see like states like Florida that were blue at the beginning, South Carolina that was blue at the beginning, ended up being South Carolina, or I'm sorry, Republican votes and wins for the president because they count those in those mail-in ballots first and then those in-person ballots come after that. And so Nevada's like this, which we're still waiting on results from Nevada. Georgia is like this. We're still waiting for results in Georgia. Pennsylvania's like this. Arizona's like this. And that's why Trump's campaign has even had such a huge issue with Fox calling the election in Arizona early is because they said they're just now moving into the counts of what they call as Trump nation. And so it'll be very, very, very interesting to see how much of that blue voting in those few remaining states that are crucial to who's going to win the election were mail-in votes and how much of it is going to swing to the president's direction when they finally get to those remaining uh, in-person votes. So, but what's even crazier about the media's response and the left is some of their reactions to the preliminary results that we have today. So Nicole jo Hannah-Jones at the 1619 Project, which are just deplorable, probably the most un-American and racist organization I've ever heard of in my life, besides maybe Black Lives Matter. And she's also the domestic correspondent to the New York Times, has gone out and said something that's terrible, two terrible things about it. One is absolutely racist. There's no other term for it. It is undoubtedly, undeniable, and overtly racist. And two, it's completely disingenuous. So last night after Florida won, after Trump won Florida, I should say, Nicole Hannah-Jones tweets this. One day after this election is over, I'm going to write a piece about how Latino is a con 
contrived ethnic category that artificially lumps white Cubans with black Puerto Ricans and indigenous Guatemalans and helps explain why Latinos support Trump at the second highest rate. Are you absolutely freaking kidding me? So she's, she's saying that because there's white Cubans and there's black Puerto Ricans that they're not actually Latinos because they voted for Trump. The president took almost 50% of the Latino vote in, vote in Florida. And by all available evidence, that is astronomical and record-setting numbers for Latino, vote, Latino voters. And she is disenfranchising Latino voters. So those countries, Cubans, Puerto Ricans, Guatemalans, all those, all those ethnic groups that she says is comprised of the Latin community. They don't want socialism. They come from socialist countries, become American citizens in hope of the American dream. And when they hear Joe Biden and the leftist posse cramming down socialist agendas and being progressives, they don't, they understand what that's like. They understand what it's like to live in a nation like that. And they absolutely do not want that. And so, of course, they're going to vote for the president that is deregulating the economy, is, has a booming economy, the lowest unemployment rate for minorities. There's, there's tons of evidence that would suggest why Latin voters actually vote for Donald Trump, especially in Florida. But to be disenfranchised by Nicole Hannah-Jones is just unreprievable. But why does she say it? Well, because according to her and the rest of the woke left, you cannot be a true minority if you vote for Donald Trump. You cannot be a person that has come from a less fortunate background if you vote for Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump voters are only white, racist, bigoted millionaires. And those are the only people that support Donald Trump. So if you support him or vote for him, you're clearly one of them. Or at least that's what the left and Nicole Hannah-Jones wants us to believe. So I saw something yesterday that Ben Shapiro, ben Shapiro and Jeremy Boring of the Daily Wire said last night on their show. And it is so true. And it made me think today, to be honest, the media is no longer unbiased. They really are not. They talk about on the show, if you go watch it, if you haven't watched it, um, but they talk about how the media is no longer unbiased and that it's not mainstream. And then I started looking, like, thinking into that overnight, which I'd always believed CNN, NBC, all of them were very, very far left, radical. And then Fox News is a more conservative platform, which is true. I believe all of those. But what I came up with last night is that the news no longer reports the news. They do not. The statements that the president's been making for four years, the fake news statements that, which sometimes have been true, sometimes have been not, okay, is 100% true today. And not that it's necessarily fake, but it's just, it's no longer objective. And I've come up with the, like, the thought that they no longer report the news. They report the narrative and their 
agenda that their political party pursues. And that is the only thing that matters. And we see this very, very strongly in CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, NBC. All of those are so incredibly skewed to the left. Look at their freaking, look at NBC's polling data. Plus 10 for the president coming up to the election. Plus three in Florida for Joe Biden coming up to the election. The way that they cover the news for the president in such a negative light. Even when it's very, very good things for America. So it is very, very difficult for Americans to get a true understanding of what's actually going on in the political world, how in the world in general, because they no longer report the news, they report their agenda. And that is all that matters to them. Speaking of narrative and agenda, we've already started to see the spread of violence across the nation. We saw it in the days leading up to the election with inner cities boarding their cities, writing Black Lives, that they support Black Lives Matters, or that they're a black community, which is very indicative of which side of the violence they're expecting to erupt. But in Portland last night, protesters were screaming out, no good police, no good president, give the land back to the original residents. Here's what that looked like. Original residents, <laughs> like that literally makes me laugh. Like I don't really understand what they mean by original residents. You're in Portland. Are you talking about like Native American Indians? Are you talking about settlers, English settlers, other Americans? Like what are you even talking about? Like that. It just looks and sounds so stupid and it's so dumb. No good police. I know plenty of good police officers, plenty of them. They go to work every day doing the best that they absolutely can for their community. No good president. You may not like Donald Trump's personality. You may not like his character flaws. You may not like what he has to say, but you absolutely cannot rebuke his policies and how successful he's been for the American people. There's a reason why something like 54% of Americans said that they're better off now than they were four years ago. So to say that no good president, that is a lie. And to give the land back to the original residents, like I said, I don't even know what the heck you're talking about. According to Fox News, there's been protests like this starting to break out all over the country. Um, and from a report from Fox News, the New York City Police Commissioner, Ray Kelly, warned on mornings with Maria this morning that he anticipates protests to break out all across the nation. We're seeing it in Minnesota. You're seeing it in DC. You're seeing it in Portland. You're seeing it in all these Democrat-led cities as the violence has been since the beginning of this year's election. Hell, since the beginning of, for the last four years, pretty much. You've seen all this violence in the inner cities of America. And so why is it happening? Well, one, the left is upset that there's a chance still that Donald Trump may win. 
Honestly, that, that, that's just given. And two, this is only exacerbated by the fact that we can't get accurate, reliable counts from those swing states that are going to decide the election this year. So I think the one other thing that everyone always remisses when talking about looters and rioters is that they're doing it because that's what they want to do. They're criminals. They are vandals, vagrants, and just downright terrible, nasty people to be destroying the American economy, hell, destroying their economy, their local economy just being destroyed by the rioters and looters. And to not hold them accountable is absolutely absurd. And not enough of us do it. Like, you may not be upset with the election. You, hell, you may not be uh, happy with the outcome of the election. But I guarantee you, you're not going to see a bunch of Republican and white right-wing extremists rioting, looting, and destroying Walmarts and Five Belows and black businesses inside the inner cities led by Democrat governments. You're not going to see that happen. You can put me on record right now, today. Today is November 4th. 2020, that that is not going to happen. Well, so on to some pretty good news, I guess you could say, for um, the Republicans. Is last night, it looks as if the Republicans are going to keep control of the Senate. It looks like they're going to hold a majority of 48, 47 right now. We'll see how that goes. And this is especially huge if Biden wins. If Biden is elected president, the Senate may be the last stronghold for the conservatives and Republicans as a wall against the oppressive left that is coming. If Biden is elected, you can guarantee that him and the House are going to have some radical laws to try to change and shift the American institutions. And the Senate may be our best hope at pushing back against those. It also should be noticed that, noted that Lindsey Graham uh, won his re-election, even though over a million dollars was spent in a campaign against him. Like, that's incredible. That's absolutely phenomenal to say for South Carolina that South Carolina re-elected Lindsey Graham regardless of the millions and millions of dollars being poured against him. But when it comes to the House, this is kind of a double-edged sword in my opinion. So from what it looks like, the Democrats are going to hold the majority in the House, unfortunately. But the Republicans did pick up some very influential seats in the House, five of them to be exact. Um, AOC and her squad, unfortunately, were voted back into office, so we have to deal with them for at least a few more years of her radical Bernie Sanderism that she just continually tries to press down and cram down every single one of her constituents and fellow congressional members' throats every day. So when it comes out ultimately the end for the houses in Congress, they're looking pretty good for Republicans. Honestly, they really, really are. Like you have the Republicans that picked up some of those influential seats in the House, and it looks like the Republicans are gonna hold the Senate, which is very, very good for us, considering the way that the election's currently going. But guys, that is all that we know for, for now. I'll be back on later tonight. Um, with an update on the, the election. So make sure that you hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, turn on notifications so you make sure that you know when I come back on live. If we get the winner of the presidency tonight, damn well sure I'll be back on for that. And if not, I'll give you some closing thoughts tonight 
on what I think about it going into the second day or Doomsday Plus Two. You can also find the Conservative Voice Show everywhere that you listen to your podcast. That's on Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, whichever one you choose, you can find me at. So make sure you follow us over there as well. And on Twitter, at the Conservative Voice. And as always, guys, thank you all for listening. I wish you all the very best. Stay safe and God bless.